Welcome to the Remembering Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining today. And today I have a very special guest um, who we're going to talk about all things priestessing and spirituality and all the kind of cosmic goodness that, that we can. And so I want to introduce today's guest, uh, Amron Bevels. So I found her on Instagram and as soon as I came across her page I was just so drawn to the way that she showed up in her business the way that she showed up talking about spirituality um I as you guys know I like to do it in a very grounded way I still love all the esoterics but I also love to be very grounded in this human experience because I think that's why we're here and it's very important and so Amron's presence just really resonated with me and we have been trying to do this for a little while, but yay, it's finally happening. So I'm very excited to have this conversation today. So Amron is a powerful healer, oracular channel and spiritual guide for women. Since 2009, Amron has tended the sacred fires of spiritual development. She coaches coaches, healing practitioners and empaths by way of medical intuition spiritual guidance, clairsentient insight, and oracular mentorship. Amron's global vision is to see the world population of women stepping up to their highest, most potentiated forms, to be all of who we are without asking permission. She believes that at this time, women are meant to to lead so welcome Amron thank you for being with us yes sister thank you for that yeah it lights me up to hear that I'm like yeah yeah. (laughs) good I love reading those little bits slowly because it's just so powerful so yeah thank you for joining us yes yes thank you for having me so I'd love to start by just asking you what's your story like how did you arrive to this point what's been your background like you know quite often come from backgrounds that are completely opposite to where we are now so I'd love to, yeah I'd love to hear more about your story and and yeah. what we need to hear sure so I wonder even like what's this point you know even this point is multiple points for me it's kind of interesting I feel like the many-armed goddess in that I am involuting myself to demonstrate all of my facets as I go. So this is very much a in a real time play out of leadership in development for myself. Yes. Um and I think a big part of why maybe we were drawn together is candidacy and just feeling comfortable being open and raw and at our own leading edge out loud. Mm. You know? Yeah. So for me, um, my path is winding. (laughs) I have always been a carrier of the archetypes of the crone, the elder, the medicine woman, the healer, the guide, the leader. And like since four years old, you know what I mean? I could really feel myself in my wisdom there. 
And the world had to get out of my way. And my mom did a really good job of modeling acceptance of me so that I now accept myself. I got to just say that helped me um, a lot. And as a woman, as a woman of color, as a woman in the medical profession, as a woman in primarily um, affluent um, Caucasian white American environments, I have had my share of obstacles, adversities, backward, you know, um, non-optimal circumstances, et cetera. So those are all tremendous growth points, tremendous identifier points for myself, tremendous, you know, um, access points for what I teach now. And really women's empowerment is where it's at for me. And my target audience really is the, the group of women who define themselves as leaders, whether it's above ground or above ground in front, in the front row or behind the scenes, I'm here to work with leaders. I'm here to walk with leaders. And for many of us, that requires uncovering our intuitive art Mm. and unconventionalizing ourselves. And so for me, (laughs) I had to unconventionalize myself in medicine And I had to unconventionalize myself in wifedom, marriage. And naturally, because from my divorce, I unconventionalized myself in motherhood too. Also being a spiritual leader, there's a degree of non-conventionality, right? That goes along with mothering if you're not going to be part of the status quo. Yeah. So those are my three areas and where um, I think I bring The most uh, content to what I'm doing now is in blazing my own trail, not asking permission, but from my higher self, trusting my intuition. And then in terms of 3D, what it looks like, it is very much I can tune in with the body. Your body tells me how you're holding energy. Yeah. Your body tells me how you're holding emotion, how you're holding storage of data. So that's where I get most of my cues. I often see words. I'm shown little, you know, um, video, you know, playouts kind of, of of actions. I'm shown body parts a lot. I'm given textures. And my uh, spiritual clarity, clairsentience, clairaudience really started popping for me in um, my early 30s with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us experience our senses getting stronger, sense of sight, our sense of smell, our intuition, all of our extra sensory or non-primary senses, I believe, are often heightened in pregnancy too. That's what I've surmised. So we have this electrochemical connection to our environments that was really making itself really obvious to me during pregnancy. I'd go to reach for the same old thing I always used in my morning tea or whatever, whatever. And then one day it was like, zap, no, don't do that. So I started really listening to that. And it really helped guide me in that most basic form of accelerating my intuitive development or my psychic development, which is create this very binary litmus test. Does this feel like a yes or like a no? Mm -hmm. Does this feel, yeah, Does it feel expansive or contractive? 
You know, we don't get need to get into the weeds of, well, am I doing this out of obligation or because I'm kind of getting something out of it? Da, 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 da. Like All of that is really distracting and confusing for many of us women as we are stepping into our leadership. And so it's easier for me, at least as a coach, to suggest to you to come up with some very binary, basic, basic, basic elements. Is this feeling like it's bringing me pleasure or not? Is this feeling contractive? or expansive is this feeling you know what i mean so it's really it's really um how i think i i like cut my teeth as they like to say um in my own leadership and yeah, yeah defecting from medicine is pretty hardcore you know your entire community is like <gasps> you're throwing it all away you know yes even my husband and his family they could not support me yes you're letting us down you're you're dropping the ball, you know? And it was like, actually, I'm saving my own life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with marriage, we neither one of us was nourished. This was a very anemic marriage. And it was very, um, it looked great on the outside, but neither one of us was really getting what we needed. And somebody needed to call it. And we dragged ourselves through this arm wrestle for years, mm-hmm. 17 years, you guys, oh. 21 years in total trying to win the battle of who gets to be their most expressed version of themselves at someone else's expense. And if it's not a win-win, it's probably not the right relationship. So that's my story in a nutshell. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, you touched on so many incredible points, but before I forget, I really feel like it's important for a lot of women to hear what it looks like to exit something that isn't serving them anymore so say you're in the medical industry and or the medical profession I should say what you had it right the first time yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) sometimes I try and be diplomatic um what did it look like for you every day with the thoughts or the feelings that led you to feeling like this is no longer in alignment for me. Sure. In a nutshell, ladies, it feels like compromise. (laughs) If it doesn't make you feel good, if you aren't lit up and looking forward to going to your daily grind, if you don't feel like you are getting knowledge that is making you a better servant in that most holy of terms, (laughs) then that's your signal. You know, if you're, if you're scrambling on the inside, even if you're stoic and still on the outside, scrambling, climbing the walls on the inside to try and get out. Or if you're looking for crazy meteor showers out of nowhere coming and like (laughs) blasting in front of your car on your way to work to give you a legitimate excuse to get out of your program. Chances are it's not really a good fit for you. So that was my reality. I literally had stomach aches, anxiety, panic attacks, all these signs of like, my body is breaking. I never thought that, but I hated what I was doing. And I was very committed. I'm a really, really bullish person. If I set my mind to a thing, I will get it done. (laughs) I'm stubborn. I like that about myself though. Anyway, (laughs) because of this, (laughs) I can see that. I can see that about us. Yeah. We chat. Um, I was determined to finish. I wanted to get my degree. 
I wanted to have the doctrine of medicine under my belt so that I could then choose which ways I wanted to go and be able to look back and say, I actually know exactly what I'm missing, Mm. not missing, but what I'm choosing. Mm. So I'm consciously, intelligently choosing, you know? So that was an empowerment move for myself. Now, I'm not going to recommend that for everybody. Yeah. There are other ways to get the doctrine of medicine. (laughs) If you need that, you know, Um, I really, really believe that when you let the heart desire guide you, the wheels are greased. The Mm. wheels of manifestation, momentum, spiritual development. Yes. Yeah. It gets to work out for you. Yeah. This doesn't have to be a slog. And how many of us women are in our marriages cowering in our kitchens or our bathrooms or our closets, trying to get a little bit of privacy to do our spiritual development, Mm -hmm. hiding our intuitive knowledge, not sharing it, waiting for our husbands to go to work and our kids to go to school before (laughs) we do me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like we take my me time at 3 a.m. when our newborn is asleep instead of being like yo here 7 p.m papa bear i need you to hold the kid so i can go chill yes i missed my nap today i need to go rest right we need a we need like the most legitimate of excuses like oh i'm hemorrhaging oh why do we let it be so dramatic why 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 do we do this to ourselves we've got to earn the right to be well yeah yes oh Yes. It's crazy. Yeah, so, like I learned yeah. so much empowerment from being a mum. Like just getting to a point where I realized that actually I just need to ask for a break and just mm-hmm. own that I'm asking and just like totally like mm-hmm. why shouldn't I ask for a break? You know, I need it. It's like we um feel like we have to wear this badge of I'm this stay-at-home mum that can do all the washing and all the ironing and all the cleaning and make sure everything's done. But sometimes it's like, yeah, like you can be an incredible mum. Maybe it's just that 5% of you that's just like, I'm just dying for a break here and I just need to ask for help. But through that I realised in myself that my whole life I really struggled to ask for help. So, I mean, I've learned so many. I always say it's motherhood's the the biggest spiritual and personal development journey I've ever been on in my life. Like it's taught me so many lessons. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful sister. For me, it was it was marriage. Yeah. And um <laughs> yeah, I'm really rooting for women to unapologetically be and to take 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 a lead what is the word that like take one from the masculine world they are the first to tap out you know they're the first to say you know what that's too much for me that's too many things let me hone it down so I can focus you know yeah Yeah. and sometimes although it's frustrating it's a great thing for us to do yeah for sure I'm very blessed in my marriage um my husband's He's just supportive in every single way. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but, you know, still I found myself feeling like, oh, you know, he's working all day 
you know, this is my job to do. So then still asking for help was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, he's been working, he needs to rest. Mm-hmm. And then one day I realised, mm-hmm. actually, motherhood, you don't actually clock off. Right. Like 24-7. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, wow, like I'm actually not clocking off here. (laughs) I believe that if men were gestators, (laughs) they would be salaried. Pregnancies would be salaried. Do you reckon? Yeah, because I I was. That'll be 90 grand, brah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was saying the other day, like, I think it's so crazy. I mean, I've been grateful that I haven't been in this position where I've had to do a nine to five along with my husband while being a mum, but I really, really feel for the mums that have are having to do that and they're using up all their sick leave, all their holiday leave, you know, for when yeah. the kids are sick or they're sick and then they've actually got no holidays left. You know, yeah. then there's when they have to leave work early because they've got to pick up the kids because the school's called you. Like, that is so stressful. I can't even imagine yeah. what that's like. And there's just I, not I enough know. support there for, yeah, so I just think about that, how crazy that is. I think that as women step further and further into leadership, that will change. That will be the first thing to go. Yeah. I truly. Agree. And so with that, one of my current platforms is resources. Mm. women need to have money and women need to take one from the men once again and realize that our time is just as valuable as his time yes so although he's going to work every day if you really think about it who has the harder job we know because we've done both Mm. it's it's obvious Mm. you know first and foremost second of all women are naturally Mm, multiplicative thinkers we see in a 360 degree purview we can think about eight things at once and get ahead on this right yeah men hunters historically they need to minimize Mm -hmm. the inputs the stimuli yeah so if you actually did switch roles with the man he would go berserk yeah right trying to take care of the kids, keep the house, do fun things, educate the kid, discipline the kid, and cook for the kid? What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and work from home. Maybe you do that too. Yeah. So just saying, Mm -hmm. not only is it in the right placement, but your time is equally, if not perhaps more valuable, if you're thinking about real dollars and cents resource value here, with what you're doing all day, every day. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that is step one. Valuing ourselves is step one in enhancing and expanding and deepening our money consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that because that's like currently at my leading edge growth point right now. And I'm doing a lot of money mastery talking right now because the energetics are the same, whether you're building a castle or a button to quote Esther Hicks from law of attraction, Abraham Hicks material directly. The yep. universe doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So let's get our Bezos money on ladies yes. and start running things because when women are in charge, all mouths get fed. Mm. When women are in charge, there is no war. There's tea dates. Yep. You know, we know that we are sourcing solutions with our intuition, yep. which brings us beautifully to the book, by the way. Yes. 
The priestess transmissions is bringing us our codes. One of those aspects is our spiritual anatomy. Mm -hmm. So sisters, our intuition, I believe the number is six times enhanced relative to the man's. And that is for a reason. They have roles they perform and we have roles we perform. But we've got to leverage that. And we've been cutting it off, putting the blinders on, muting it, shutting it down, blinding it, right? All the things yeah. for centuries now. And it's time for it to come back online. Oh. And you know what I tell you? If it weren't time for it to come back online, you wouldn't be in the discomfort you're in. Yeah. As you're, as you're, as you're like, you know, closing yeah. it down. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, when the masculine is in union with their divine feminine and that's merged together beautiful, like they can lead just as powerfully as well, you know. But, you know, when you were saying like with our, uh, the women standing up, we have to get this trauma out of ourselves from lifetimes ago where you know and even you know our lifetime seeing how women are shut down I I do very much believe it's changing I can see the the changes yeah. happening um yeah. and I like to focus on the changes the little glimmers of hope um but yeah I feel like you know we this is a very powerful message and we will go into this more and more through the podcast but how important it is for women to really stand up right now and even as a collective I think now how many people are in a and there's no judgment when I say this but victim consciousness around what's happening globally you know you can call it agendas or whatever you want to call it but it's we have to take a leaf out of the agendas book and yes. say well, they're not backing down so why should we like we Thank have you, to sister. claim our power absolutely and and in that claiming it doesn't look like a power over yes. it looks like taking a stand yeah right and balancing the scales which have been just imbalanced you know exactly. so this is not bashing anything it yes. is simply saying we have to drive the buses that are holding the pilot seat for us you know yes. 100%. that's what it is I'd love to ask you um yeah. what is a priestess to you <laughs> so to me a priestess is a woman who is in service to the divinity in its feminine aspects mm -hmm. and taking that leadership or that service to the 3D in the form of leadership, mm -hmm. in the form of understanding her codes, understanding her her function, her utility, how her how her systems work, how her clairvoyance works how her spiritual anatomy works, oh. of course, how her body works, because we're naturally guides, mm -hmm. healers, mm -hmm. oracles, leaders. And the priestess is an archetype that is here to be in leadership now. Mm -hmm. The priestess archetype emerged 
not too long ago, what, like, I don't know. I mean, I can't really say it's not like you, you named the year, but it certainly wasn't here 50 years ago. Yeah. And it's rising from the fabric of time mm. to meet us at this pivotal turning point in humanity. We are in the process, we're starting up this tremendous uptick in momentum around evolution, spiritual evolution, ascension, if you want to call it that. And we need to be guided because if you ask me what seems to be happening right now around the agendas is that humanity has been in slave mode Mm -hmm. for so long that we are effectively in an abusive type dynamic and we're addicted to the suffering of it yes thank you for mentioning that and that's where the victim role Mm -hmm. and like default comes comes from we default to victimhood because that looks like a more powerful role than standing up and taking responsibility for ourselves yeah you know if you look at deep religious programming it's a great example like pray to god and the meek are rewarded you know that's not really what we see in the world. <laughs> mm. Everybody who has resources, be they a good guy or a bad guy, whatever you want to judge that to be, mm. is not meek. They're aggressive. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I really mean it. Like, they're assertive. They're mm-hmm. they're leaning in on their desires. They know what they want. Yep. They're not waiting for a handout. And they're not asking to be stepped on. Some human wrote that in order to control the masses and we have to recognize that and when we drop it with our intuition this is where women are again being called to lead we no longer can just swallow the kool-aid of the bible anymore i'm sorry to go here but i have to it's not not landing well for everyone Mm -hmm. we need an upgraded doctrine we need an upgraded doctrine Mm -hmm. and there are there are some out there you know and so simply put the victim role, the addiction to suffering, this is not our divine aspect. Mm-hmm. This is not the truth of who we really are here to be. And again, the priestess is here to go first, to be at the forefront of this awakening, of this rise. Oh, yes. I just got chills. And even yeah, even when you mentioned doctrine, you know, even redefining what that word means and what vibration that word holds you know like I'm going through this time in you know with my business where I've just had this massive epiphany around you know and I've had it nailed down with other parts of my life but this part where you know and of course I got to the realization I went of course like why was I doing that but you know that happens around humans and rules and around rules, rules. Gotcha. what that looks like like realizing mm. that I'd had embedded programs of these rules the way to do things so you know about the word yeah. doctrine or religion or politics mm. or anything we talk about it's like how do we move beyond those boxes beyond mm. those walls and make yes. it like an open space of possibility instead of like, yeah. Sister, can I speak to that? Please, please. Okay. First of all, I want to just acknowledge you and saying what you did about rules. We've all had to break 
the rules. Mm -hmm. The rules are what keep us contained. The rules are the walls of the box. Mm -hmm. The rules are the matrix. Yes. Right? And it takes many forms. And we get to discover the framework in many facets of our life of our lives. Why wouldn't it still exist in your business? Yeah. You've done it everywhere else, but life would be, you know what I mean? Like you're still living, like, this is great. Now you have another breakthrough to have happen and you're just going to be like, yeah, right. Well, Watch out world. Right. This is like the best part of life is when you break Sorry. through a, a rule wall or ceiling or whatever. 100%. Um. What else was I going to say about that? I felt like I had something about the rules were there to keep us contained. Mm -hmm. They were fashioned to keep us in servitude and in enslavement mode and to keep us separate from our divinity. Yeah. We don't need a middleman to God. No. no. We don't need a middleman to God. And in order to get a, a generation to 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 acquiesce to a way of life that looks like slavery when they are already free yeah you have to enforce rules not just create rules but enforce them mm -hmm. with violence death consequences which brings me to that next thing thank mm -hmm. you spirit for your support here because i'd lost my train of thought our fear of death is the greatest rule breaker of all. If we could be liberated from our fear of death, right? The rest is game over. <clears throat> Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I love this topic. Yeah. Please go. Well, on. I think that's it. You go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love this topic because I had a near-death experience when I was seven. And... What? Yeah, so I grew up in a religious background and I remember distinctly coming out of my near-death experience and I had, like, pages of questions to ask my family, you know, my grandparents' extended family, how this doesn't make sense to me, that doesn't make sense to me. I went off eating meat. I just had all these things that was like, just yeah, mind blowing. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about your experience. Yeah. So, I died of an asthma attack, and asthma. Yeah, asthma. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, sister, that is so incredibly traumatizing just to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Tell me. It was, when I was going through it, it was scary. But there was a point, and I'm obsessed with listening to near-death experiences and everyone else's stories. I and am too. Yeah, something that's I find in common is just moments before you transition, there's this incredible peace and you don't feel the pain anymore. And so, yeah, I went through... I remember it's really weird. I, I don't know what this meant, but I remember going down this tunnel and there was all these demons or dark beings that were lining the pathway to the tunnel. And as I was walking through, they were all trying to grab me. 
So I don't know what that was. But anyway, um, walking through to the tunnel and I remember walking to the line and then, you know, it all dissipated. And then I was just in this space where it was like, you know, you would have heard a million times before, just in this loving, peaceful, no, like all, all it is is love, just pure, unconditional love. Um, there's no suffering. You know everything. Um, it's just this state that you just don't want to leave. And I remember saying, I don't want to leave here. I don't want to leave. And this voice or these voices said to me, you can't stay. You have to go back. Um, and even though they said that, there was still a choice for me to stay or go. Yeah, so I remember saying, no, no, I really don't want to leave. And it was based, the energy was like, are you sure? Because you've got so much to do on planet Earth before you transition, like for real. So are you sure? And then the next thing I remember is I wasn't there anymore. And I was, you know, back, back in. Oh, I don't remember coming back to the body, um, but I do. Were you still at the same? Were you still in the same place, by the way, physically, or had you been transported to another location during <clears> that <throat> death experience time? It, it was just in this state of bliss. It was nowhere. Yeah. It was everywhere. What I meant was, was oh. your physical body back on Earth being moved? Were you in a hospital when you woke up, whereas you were oh, home when you went? So yeah I forgot a part so when I was transitioning I was in the operating room and I I was above my body and I could see them working on my body so all the doctors and the nurses were around me and they were working on my body and yeah then I was pulled up after that but yeah when I came out of it I told my dad of a conversation that the nurses and the doctors had in the hallway to him while I was being worked on. And so he's a mega skeptic of anything, but to this day, he still says, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. Like that is, you cannot explain how you would have heard those words and that conversation in the hallway when you were in that room. <laughs> you know? So I hate that we call it near death. Cause it was death. I know you chose to come back. So I have a question for you just for fun, because I love this topic so much. (laughs) As you were passing through the tunnel, which by the way, is very interesting. And I certainly want to talk about that. Mm. You were still, if, if, if I, I want to know if you agree with this, viewing your experience from a perspective that was still more human than than not human, than just soul. And yet, I wonder, was there a point when you felt like, wow, I'm almost all soul again? And and that is the point from which you could access this maybe soul wisdom to just have that choice point really make more sense to the degree that you chose to come back. And maybe that's why you don't remember that choice point, you know? Yeah. If I'm thinking about it now, I feel like when I was walking through the tunnel, I was half, half. So half, you know, in this dimension, you know, wherever, wherever it is. Um, But then, 
yeah, when I was in that other space, that all-knowing, you know, unconditional mm. loving present space, I feel like, you know, it was definitely my soul that chose, like, okay, if you do have to go back. It was just that human part of my remembering of, no, I, I don't want to go through, you know, that human stuff. Like I just want to be in this nice feeling stuff. You know, so if I think about it like that, no one's ever asked me that before. Yeah, it was the human part of me that was like, no, I want to stay here. Like it feels really nice and, you know, there's no suffering here. It's like all, wow. you know, rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> but, you know, I deeply know now my soul chose to come here for for a specific reason and as time has gone on you know I, I tried to go I went into spirituality and energy and then I went back into religion for my choice mm. to see if there was something there for me mm. um, and there wasn't but I wanted to decide for myself um, mm. yeah. and then coming back out of that again yeah now I understand yeah okay this is why I'm here and um, I don't want to go too much into this on this chat. We maybe can have another one about this, but I had a abduction experience um, where I don't know if I was pregnant with my second son or if it was in between, but I had a regression or a hypno session because I felt like the two were tied, like the abduction and the near-death experience. And it was. So, yeah, it's very interesting. It Alas. Was, <clears throat> it was confirmed that, you know, it was the Palladians that I was working with and who were guiding me, and that's who I work with now. That's who I channel, that's who I work with now. So it's it's all like putting all these little pieces of the puzzle together, you know. So it's been a very fun, I've got goosebumps now, but it's been a very fun um beautiful journey for me to understand why I'm here and you know how I was to help people because I always felt like I just want to be here to help people I said that from when I was young and so now I get it it's like yeah I'm here for the awakening and the shifting of humanity and and like yourself women's empowerment and to know you know what what they're here for and to uncover their gifts as well but yeah. Okay. I've I've retitled this podcast episode for you. Don't worry. You're welcome. It's called My Death Experience, <laughs> Palladian Abduction, yeah. and the Role of the Priestess. Yes, I love that. Thank you. Because I was thinking before this, what should I call it? And I was like, I'll figure it out later as we do. Yeah, you will. This yeah. is epic. So I'm cool. gonna listen to this podcast. I hate listening to podcast episodes. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to this one. Oh, Holy smokes, woman. But, oh my know, gosh. I like sharing this story and I don't want to make this episode about me. Please, I, I it is not about you. Beautiful. We are doing this. Um, I am so enthralled. But I also like sharing these stories from a point of I'm not special. Like I, I really love to express to people that I've just chosen this path and this journey to remember and to have these experiences, but I'm not special for having these things happen to me. 
you know, mm-hmm. because I really do, I deeply believe that we all have the ability to tap into things like mm-hmm. this that are very esoteric if we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like course, we've I all got that ability and those um, expressions within us. And it's your just- experience gets to be damn inspiring and damn yes. incredible. So oh, can you. we just soak this in? I'm so lit up right now. Oh, I am so thankful that this is not me yammering about stuff. Now, this is way, way better. I have a question for you. Do you feel that that death experience altered your fear or your relationship to death? Oh, yeah. Like I, yes, I do. So I came back around to not fearing it. And the reason why I say that is because when I, when I went into spirituality, then I went back into religion to see if there was anything there. I still had those programs within me of okay what happens when you die do you go to hell is there like do you go to hell or do you go to heaven so even though I didn't consciously believe that it was a program that was within me that I still was a little bit fearful of okay what does happen sure and then when I uncovered this so even after the abduction experience I didn't think anything of it it was only when I started speaking to someone who was a friend who goes UFO spotting with his telescope and I was like yeah one day one night I had this experience blah 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 and he's like ah yeah that's like a full um normal story like that's not an uncommon story and I was like oh okay and then I think it was about even a year well, maybe even six months after that, I started looking into other people's stories and how they, you know, just feelings or insights or things that they had around that experience. So, yeah, it was after exploring my own spiritual journey and going down that path of learning more about it was when I started realising, oh, yeah, like that's why I'm not so scared of death. You know, once I'd removed that religious programming, um and then I realized okay there's you don't die like that's you know so it's just it was just putting the pieces of the puzzle together at different times yeah we're Um, gonna have to talk faster because I'm getting a thousand questions look at my notes (laughs) okay can I just keep pummeling you with questions yes and I still have questions to ask you but I love for it let's weave them in we'll do it okay you said we don't die what do you mean and I have my idea but I want to hear yours we don't die. Like it's it's not any more complicated than that. And I've got chills, like body confirmations now and I'm saying that. It's like there's no end. There's no end to this soul experience. Like if you, you know, you're very esoteric and into all that too, but like if even if, you're not like you think about like if someone isn't confident or not sure about the idea that there's other beings and you know things out there just think like how can we not how can we be the only ones 
living in this whole universe like it just doesn't make sense you know and then which brings us to go on then we can talk about ancient history we have to how that all interconnects and you know ancient folklore that points to civilizations from other um other places you know so it's I can go into that too but yes are those other places um in other densities other dimensions so they're still here and alive now or are they really ancient um what sorry say that again ask that again in a I'm I'm probably botching your words. You said ancient folklore pointing to civilizations mm. in other places. Are those other places, other dimensions, other densities, which I think is one and the same density and dimension, yeah. personally. Yeah. And they're still around now. Okay. Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe that. I, because I, I agree with that. that. Yeah. I agree with that too. And that brings me, I'm moving us fast now because I'm like, I want to cover everything. <laughs> Aliens, right? Yeah. We're all waiting for an alien oh. sighting or great reveal, which we Thank all know you. is fucking bullshit. Thank bullshit. you. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. It's all fake. They're already here. <laughs> so the aliens that are already here, what are they? They're just the fairies, dragons, elementals that we are tapping into, right? The Pleiadians, yes. Syrians, right? Which yes. then brings us to, see how fast we're moving now? We're doing yeah. it. Love those it. demons, those demons. What do you think those are? Here's what I'm getting as I tap in right now. Let's see if this feels good Please. to your channel. I don't yeah. know, because I wondered too. I don't either. <laughs> Not what, if, what if those demons, and this is just an idea, mm. are like the n- things we call negative entities here, which mm. are potentially, I don't know if this is right, just beings that are, good souls like all of us because there's no such thing as a bad soul that have been turned sour Mm. because they're so far removed from their connection to source so like a child who loses his mother at the carnival or the fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) he goes berserk at first first he's just looking for his mom where's my mom where's my mom where's my mom then like five minutes ten minutes he's hysterical right yeah what if he didn't find his mom for a whole afternoon yeah he would become despondent and so weird like a shell of himself and if it's three weeks what do you think happens to that kid that child yeah he becomes feral and like I don't know I don't know what happens I've never seen this before but I imagine that is what a demonic entity really is it's Mm -hmm. just a being and that is why squaring your shoulders to it and seeing it with love and compassion Mm -hmm. not approval like I want you in my world Mm -hmm. or I accept your behavior but unconditional fierce boundary holding love yes yeah that provides them the gateway to choose to return to source Mm -hmm. and liberate itself or scat the fuck away because you are not a vibrational match and it is now being seen and it can't do anything to you which is why those demons didn't have any way of getting to you yeah they were just there to fuck with your mind and scare you sorry for my language no please go for it yeah does any of that resonate I want to hear what doesn't resonate like I'm open to any things all things whatever I I I resonate that that could very much be a possibility um I've heard stories of people confronting 
demons in a plant ceremony. Um, I haven't done that myself. I don't feel the need to. Um, that's just my personal thing. I believe that we can access that from a, a pure state, but there's no judgment. I don't care what other people do. I think it's a beautiful tool if needed. Um, and I've heard people say that confronting those things with love really dissipated, you know, and then I think about how love just transforms fear. Like, you know, love is the highest vibration. It's like when we're not running or resisting, we can really alchemize that fear into something beautiful. Um, I have thought, I wonder if, my religious programming of demons and things like that had played a part in some of that. Maybe there was a part of my mind that thought I was going, I didn't know where I was going. So maybe there was demons and things that were lining the path because maybe there was part of my consciousness that thought, could I be going to hell? Like, have I been good enough? I don't know. It's, I really don't know. Well, there was certainly fear before you went to that place of like neutrality and peace and calm. But mm -hmm. yeah, I do wonder too, when you said that, I immediately thought about not so much the perception of hell as a child, but the the fact that you might have been a bit confused as a soul. Yeah. Know? Or not as a soul. Your human aspect was a little confused. Like, what's yep. going on? What is this? Versus, you know, someone who's been sick and dying and studied the death experience and has prepared for it. Yeah. This was not that for you. And yeah. so perhaps just the vibrational frequency of confusion made it allowable for those guys to yeah. hang around. Yep. Very you much. I, I believe that could be a possibility. Wow. Yeah. But they still couldn't get to you. I don't know. This is all very fascinating. I am a plant medicine. Um, yeah. I don't want to say specialist. Um, yeah. Journeyer, explorer, seeker. Yeah. And it, it is definitely not a crutch but it is a a gateway yes. and it certainly helped um me and and it was just because i was asked by the plants themselves sure. before ever having experience with them to be with them and to study with them and anyway with all of that i have had the exact same experience mm -hmm. both with um things that appear demonic uh i'm going to say two things and with humans that appear to have demonic tendencies we have some celebrities that we can name right now that are you know, acting badly towards humans on a mass global scale around like mm -hmm. mm, poisons, toxins, mm -hmm. uh, genetic <laughs> modification, false meat-like products, right? Mm -hmm. Just name one person with all those things in common. Yeah. I actually had to, <laughs> I actually oh, had to, <laughs> I actually had to in my dragon form, which I asked to experience just what mm -hmm. does my dragon body feel like yeah. um maybe because i was already in that frequency they were like hey let's put this girl to work but yeah. i was presented like in a court mm -hmm. that person and i was asked to do this to him hold him up lift him's body against the wall whoa and get bigger than him bigger than him, even bigger to him, than him to the point where I could see the curvature of the planet because I was big, it's huge Whoa. in my dragon aspect. I've never said this out loud in public. So this is a big deal. <laughs> and I had to force him to, the word feels like atone mm -hmm. and repent. 
Mm-hmm. These are words I don't use. They're not in my vernacular. So I don't yes. really actually know what the core definition is, but those are the two words that come up <clears throat> for the things that he knows he has done out of alignment. Mm. Yeah. It was a really powerful experience to be doing that. Not of my own. It was of my own volition, but it was like, clearly I was being guided to do that, you know? And I, this is a person I don't spend time reading about or feeling disgust for. It's really fascinating that that came up out of nowhere. Totally. Isn't that interesting? So then the second thing I wanted to say on the subject of, um, oh, facing demons was the topic of invincibility because Mm -hmm. you said we do not die. Mm -hmm. This does tie in to the priestess transmissions a little bit in that there is a quote from the book that says the temple cannot be profaned. And what I have experienced in my plant medicine experiences is that indeed we do not ever die. Our molecules simply transform form. They just become something else. Yeah. We're always being composted and recycled up always in all forms. And In the medicine experience, there's one time I had the experience of being eaten, devoured by multiple demons. I was prey and I was prey that was not being respected. So that felt like mistreatment of cattle, the way we do this, you know, in factory farming. It also felt like the demonic, like, things you might hear about devouring. And on one hand, it was terrifying. But on the other hand, it wasn't a thing. It was like, Mm -hmm. eat me. I'm going to become a part of you. Mm -hmm. And I will live on. Mm -hmm. It was really fascinating just to see my invincibility and to see the choice point, by the way. That's what I believe medicine really does for you is it takes you out of your human lens and allows you to pop out of the crown I think this is talked about in Transmission 5 of this book. Okay, beautiful. The journey and experience and how it just takes you out of the crown so that you can see this landscape of different dimensions, different times, different places, gather data, bring it back into the human form for broader perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's really fascinating. So fascinating. Yeah. We just checked like three boxes of my list. But yeah, like if you... I think often if you think, you know, a lot of people understand that we're just energy, but then they might not put together the pieces or the draw the lines between, yeah, like well, if we're just energy, then how can we die? Hmm. Like energy is just transformed, yeah, you know, cool. and, and there's so much for us to experience you know, we don't even know what's possible to experience beyond this reality. Right. Like we just keep expressing. It's like, you know, if we're in this human experience and we just go, yeah, I, I want to experience skydiving or I want to do a yoga course or whatever it is. It's like we just keep finding things to experience and live through. So it doesn't really change from that you know yeah 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we 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 don't die. Like it's just, you know, when I was in that space, it's just that knowing that you have and I, I can't even explain it further than that, really. It's just like, yeah, we just don't die. Like it's just as simple as that. I'm not going to complicate it. It's just like it was just a knowing. And I've learned, you know, I love when you talk about intuition because I've learned and I'm still learning how to deeply trust my intuition when speaking about things. So things that I know in my body and every part of me that's true but I have censored myself from saying certain things because I've thought oh like that doesn't really sound scientific or how am I going to back that up or you know it's not how someone else would say and I don't you know I've censored myself so many times because I've thought yeah you know do I really know what I'm talking about and that's where the you know Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome comes into a little bit sure dude we've all dealt with that and I think yeah I don't know where it comes from but that is the hurdle of the day and I think that's why I add psychic mentorship to my portfolio because it's so very important that we develop that trust within ourselves because it was stripped from us we were forced to right silence ourselves to rat each other out like I'm quoting from the book once again like these are the things that traumatized us and beat us into submission silence sitting in the back seat of our buses oh so yeah Um, this is our natural capability and it is here for a reason women should be sitting around the fire dropping their downloads because it enhances every aspect of how the village runs. Do we need rain? Are we going to need rain in six weeks? Let's get on that and start some preparations, right? Like it's just vast and we've got to, I'm not, we got to, but we have this tremendous opportunity to do what we naturally do. And I think it's, We just get to enjoy the fun of it right now, of the mystery of uncovering our own special secret box, you know? Wow, my clear audience just showed me this today, you know? And I just started um, capping everything with, you know, I don't know how this will land for you. Let me know how this lands for you. This is what I'm hearing. So then if I say that, I don't know how this will land for you, but this is what I'm hearing. Then they're, I'm putting them in their autonomy, in their sovereignty. And saying, trust yourself on this. This is what I'm hearing. How does that land for you? 100%. It goes over, goes over nicely, you know, and then I'm free that. too, because I could have gotten it wrong, you know? Yeah, totally. And sometimes we do get it wrong and it could even just be because they walk through a different door than the possibility that was there when you read it. Totally good point. You know, actually. but right. I love, you know, when we speak yeah. about empowerment, I love presenting information in that way because they get to choose what they take and also Mm. they get to feel that they are the creator as well and you're not the one that's telling them the answers you know and I'm sure I probably don't even need to ask you but I'm sure that's how you mentor as well which is something that oh yeah I feel deeply passionate about is not creating these codependent healing relationships or codependent um, mentoring relationships it's like that 
the way yeah. that you serve like that, it's that's true empowerment because you know, we don't want yes, to hold you can people in these patterns anymore. Like we're done with yes. that. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay, I have another question for you. Um I would like to ask you how the Palladians are interfacing with the awakening. Are they feeling like and are they a split race? Like are some of them in favor of the awakening and some of them are in favor of not? Um, I feel like there's probably just different ideas of how that looks. But at the end of the day, like they all want us to evolve in a, a positive direction. It's just I feel like it would just be a question of how that gets done. Ooh, okay. Okay. So, cool. You know, because, and I say this from what I'm feeling, is that they want they need us to evolve because that evolves them too because we effectively come from them or because we're all connected both so like say for example you've you're um teaching your child something Mm -hmm. and they get it right and then you're both like okay well what's next you know, yeah. not not like what's yeah. next, but you naturally evolve into this yeah. new yeah. space of evolution. Sure. Yeah, so, as I step into sovereignty, my mom steps into sovereignty. And as she steps into sovereignty, I step further into sovereignty. 100%. So I have to ask a question because I have a feeling that this podcast is going to be a great one for my audience. Oh, awesome. My audience doesn't all know um, just in a nutshell, who are the Pleiadians and what are some um connectors that we might recognize say how are they connected with you know atlantean you know lineages or with human lineages or human development like or with the anunnaki like tell us just drop some nuggets yeah awesome so i do want to say i want to start by saying that there is far more information out there like maybe technical information out there than what I might express because I am also told to not tap into a lot of what other people say. I really like to the keep... The clarity myself, of your channel. Yeah, I like to keep yeah. that fairly clean, although I have learned a lot from other channelers and, and books and, you know, of course I had to yeah. get here to, you know, from learning from other people. Yeah. So I've gone on this journey of drawing all the way back to, I mean, again, just pieces just drop in, like I'm in Australia, you know, so I'll give you an example of what one of those drop-ins looks like. Yeah, I'm already getting excited. I know. So I was obsessed with the Palladians. Once I uncovered that, I just started seeing the word Palladian and I was like, what is this about? But I'm just intrigued. And by that stage, I'd learned that, you know, once you're intrigued, Intrigue means. that's a path, you know, that's a, yeah. a So then I just started learning more about that. Then I started getting obsessed with the constellation in, in the sky. So I'd go out at night, I'd, you know, open the, the blinds and look out to that constellation and just really connect. And one day 
I just had this drop in. It was about, it was almost sunrise and I was awake. And at that time I was waking up at like three, four o'clock every morning and I was just going and connecting to, it was just happening naturally. Um, and yeah, I had this drop in that, oh my God, like the Southern Cross that we are connected to in Australia is the Palladian constellation. Um, and then I started going into, okay, then another hit was look at the Aboriginal, the Indigenous Aboriginal history. Then mm. I went down a whole other rabbit hole of learning of their folklore, what their stories are, and, of course, their stories come from the Palladians. They talk about how humanity was seeded by the Palladians um, in the way that they modified our genetic um, code. Yeah, codes for that time. Mm-hmm. We were already humans, so we, mm-hmm. we'd already been existing, but they seeded the way that we are now. They altered our DNA to have us do more empowering and have amazing gifts and connection to. to I have full body chills. To our roots. So all the star systems, you know, that we're connected to, they're all like our family, like our mums and dads and grandpas. And it's like this one big extended family. Oh my God. I know there's, I oh, I know there's heaps so more. Amazing. There's heaps more that, you know, again, there's so many people that share all this information and know a lot more than I do. Oh, this is um, phenomenal. But I just go by what I feel, I'm what I'm told at the time. I don't feel like I need to know any more than I do mm-hmm. until I feel like I want to know more. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I'm very much on my own path with this. I don't need to be. Beautiful the person with that knowledge, you know, <laughs> whatever's there is there. Um, yeah. And so I went, you know, then I studied, um, you know, then just going back to ancient Egypt and mm. learning about the Syrians and their connection to the uh, pyramids and the people yeah. there and like getting that information of how to construct, you know, certain things. So I mean, this is you a know, very lengthy topic and I'll just tell you, so we'll have to do I just again. tell you, we certainly do because I didn't have any connection at all to just, I want to drop this in the Syrians and Egypt Yes, that came to me in a medicine journey. Love. I was shown that the Egyptians were guided by yeah. the Syrians on how to build the pyramids, the sphinxes, all of their effigies, what size to make them. Yep. Proportionality was important. Location was important. And that they were basically creating like a radar system or an antenna system. I don't know, but like a communication system. I didn't, I've never heard that anywhere. Now I have, but that was because I told people that that's what I received in that download. And they were like, yeah, that's common knowledge. And I was like, I had no idea. So it's so validating. Yes. You know, I'm an earth priestess, so earthen that I, I commune with plants to become cosmic before. I mean, now I can do it. Now I can do it in other ways too, but still that was a beautiful gateway for me 
And yeah. you are more etheric, sister. And it is so beautiful to see you getting these downloads. Yeah. Just in everyday waking life when you're attuned to that. Mm-hmm. But it's isn't it just phenomenal that it's it all is. available to us? And I, you know, when we're talking about intuition as well, these validations are so important because, you know, it, it helps us have confidence in sharing more mm. of this. And then yes. that empowers more people to use their intuition because then they start trusting it more. Because I know for myself, I've had to learn mm. how are people going to take me seriously when I talk about some of this stuff, you know, so obviously. It's, yeah. Like, and for me, I'm going to tell our listeners, it starts <laughs> with you taking yourself seriously. Absolutely. It starts with you <laughs> trusting that this isn't you and your brain scheming up some wild story. It's actually your higher self and your guidance system. Yeah. Something beyond your pea brain mind <laughs> is informing you, but it's a part of you enough that it's giving you this specific information for you to utilize. So right. honor it, be humble with it, be thankful for it. Yes. Don't take it for granted and don't scoff at it. Don't turn away. This is a gift for you. It is. So if you can see that, and that was the lesson I needed. I needed that I slap mean, on the hand from these beautiful intuitives in my life at the time. Me saying, too. And telling me that, you know? 100%. And I even always say this. I always love delving, diving deep into all truth, you know, wherever it lies. I'm very much earth and cosmic equally. Um, my blog is called Earth and Ether. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, that. I always say some people are drawn to this kind of information, and that's fantastic. Like go on that journey, but you don't have to be drawn to this information to be spiritual. Like spirituality yeah. is just un- uncovering who you are, and also it's really just. At the end of the day, even if we didn't go into any of this, if we all just came back to love and how that can be present in our everyday life, that is, that's it. Like that's the game. But some of us want to delve deeply and go into more of the. Yeah, for the fun of it. Yeah. The juicy gossip. Exactly. The cosmic gossip. Yes, totally. (laughs) I'm with you. You're absolutely right. Just bring it back to love. You're absolutely right. Thank you for that reminder. Oh, yeah. No worries. Yeah. Have you got any more questions or can I ask you a couple? Um, Go for it. I'm so excited. I've actually gotten all my questions answered except for one, but I don't need to ask it. I'm just so excited to be in this conversation with you. you. I love love this discussion so far. It's very equal and it's beautiful. So where we are now, you kind of touched on it before, but where we are now with the feminine rising and those priestess codes being activated and women coming into their inner priestess, however that looks, what do women mostly need to get right now during this time? Like what's the most, you know, potent message for now? Well, I want to really honor that women are coming at this conversation from different places in their spiritual development and their personal spiritual maturity. But a couple things are coming through. Mm-hmm. One is self-trust. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. If something feels off, it is off. 
Mm. You have a higher perch that you can't see above your own eyes that is looking farther down the road than you can imagine. And so if you get the chills, listen to them. Mm. They may be guiding you. They may be affirming you. They may be warning you, right? Remember that we never die and that we are invincible. Nothing can profane you. So that means take nothing personally. It's never about you. That will build your shield and help shortcut so much bullshit that'll trip you up in your day, creating false drama like geysers just to trip you up in your path, right? Recognize that you are a powerful manifester. As you think, so it is. As you think, so it is. Yes. You have 100% control over your thoughts and you get to course correct. You get to stop a thought midway through and redirect it. You get to, you get to create your reality. You get to have a ripple effect in the fabric of reality such that it cooperates in accordance with your thoughts. This is how we manifest. This is how we co-create. This is a part of your innate technology. Use it. Brings us directly to the next step. Use it to build what you need. Resources, being a guardian of the masses. Yes, we've already touched on that. But the other thing is distractions abound. Your attention Mm -hmm. is your greatest currency. Mm -hmm. Don't waste it. Stop scrolling. And stop following all the bullshit. Only choose to follow those that empower you and that feed the illusion, because that's what creates your reality, that you desire. Thank you. I feel like, I feel like that's it. <laughs> yeah. can I'm so glad you finished there. Not because I don't like listening to you, but because... I just want you to really quickly touch on that specifically because I talk about this all the time and how, sure, you can know the truth and be aware of the truth without feeding that negative timeline of destruction and chaos and agenda. So can you please speak on that for a minute because I think that's very important for us to understand right now, especially in this community. Especially right now. Especially in this community. Yes, sister. Thank you so very much for saying that. So this is touching right in on victimhood, our addiction to suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, you're driving on the highway, there's an accident, right? What's causing the greatest traffic jam? It's people looking at the freaking accident, right? That is a distraction. That is you feeding that energy. That is you amplifying that frequency and increasing the likelihood that that accident or disaster will spill into your reality. If you don't want it, don't eat it. If you don't want it, don't look at it, okay? And unfortunately, we've been lied to that if you are a responsible citizen, you're going to read the news, blah, 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 blah. That's bullshit. And you get to leverage the power of your technology to build the reality you desire. We all know that Maui was not an accident, right? But what do we do? Instead of sitting with a sour taste in our mouth and a sick taste in our bellies, we need to focus on the verdant green repair that is Maui. We need to hold the grieving heart of the spirit of that land, hold her, love her, send her messages through the water, 
Mm-hmm. Be part of the high-pitched vibrational bell-like sounds of repair, resolution, regeneration, love, forgiveness. We have that technology and it's either being used for good or for not. And you get to be the choice point on that time and time again, moment by moment by moment. Yes. I mean, full body chills. It is so vital that we understand that. Um, And I always say this too, that even if things weren't an accident, how do we know that that is still not for the highest good? Great point. Great How do point. we know that that path? Yes. We don't. And I, I want to actually add that let's make up a story that it is for the highest good. Yes. And I love that you said that, sister, because I myself have hard a hard time in my human body with that particular yeah. event that I just described. And so you are helping me transcend that. Thank you. And what I'm reminded of as you're speaking. <sighs> is that it gets to be a part of our glory story in all its horrific faces yes it gets to be part of our glory story Mm There was something coming through and it's feeling like maybe it's not pertinent now. Ah, it was just to remind us of that addiction to suffering that dropped in a little bit ago between us. Perhaps incidents like this are simply learning points, choice points to awaken us to the sting of that abusive relationship of being in our, you know, disempowered, I'm going to trust the authorities slave mentality where they're running the show that you don't want to watch you know so it's just an opportunity for us to stop censoring ourselves ask the curious questions get a little louder have the conversations with your family members who do not believe that it went down the way you believe it went down and just do this so that we are seeding curiosity maybe some triggering but it's all seeding an opening to our choice point Yes. To be in a slave or abusive mode where things are running the show for us or not. And one of the bright sides I'm seeing from that is that there are whistleblowers out there who will be great change makers Mm -hmm. who are just waiting for the safety signal that enough people Mm -hmm. are curious about what it is they know. And when they feel safe, they will share what they know. Yeah. And that will change the scales drastically because that's going to out information and make things that have been hidden from us plain as day. Yeah. Which I feel really excited about. So we get to be part of that too. Totally. And like, I, yeah, I, I really believe in looking for where the changes are happening. You know, I know we can see destruction and I get very triggered by the children, you know what I'm talking about, 
um, that triggers me and I have to remind myself of this as well. But, you know, when I'm not triggered by that, I can send actual gratitude for those souls that chose that journey to be hated or the villains Wow. Because they're also part of the evolution. Yeah. Not just the light workers. Yes. Right. No. Right. Yes. Like that's what I mean. It's like, how do we know what this looks like? And 2020 wasn't wrong. It's like it was all perfect, divine. I and I don't say that to discount any suffering or we aren't hearing that. Because in a way, you could easily say there is no suffering, right? If death is this beautiful, great release that is even in and of itself not an end point, it's just a change point. Like, right? Like, we just have that much more to celebrate. Totally. Including our appreciation for the volunteerism of those souls. Yeah. And the rejoicing of those souls on the other side of this life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, oh, yes, I know. In a good way, though, in a good way. Like, it's just going to be a celebration point, a celebration point when we finally get it, you know? And that's helped me with my own forgiveness Mm -hmm. with, you know, immediate situations or relationships or whatever, just thinking that, oh, on some level, which that book Conversations with God or Neil Mm -hmm. helped me understand Wow. Is that, yeah, we've chosen on that other level to have a contract together. You be the villain, I'll be the good guy. You know, so then just like, oh, yeah, okay, we all actually in our souls are pure and have good intent. But, yeah, you know, this is where you there's always multiple answers to the one answer. Totally. So many levels. So multidimensional. So many levels. One level. Right. Isn't it amazing? It's like, okay, we chose to come here as humans. It really hurts from here. Soul level doesn't hurt as bad. Okay. It's pretty good up there, but we chose to be here. So, you know, and even taking it up beyond that, it's like, wait, this is all just the universe splitting itself in order to see itself in this fractalized form. Wait, what? Totally. Totally. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I know. It's you mean all this toiling to channel this book was for not what? Like it's incredible to just break it down to like we're just rats on wheels. No, <laughs> you know it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to create. It's like yeah, we came here to create things and transform things and alchemize things because it's fun. Yeah, so we created problems so we can explore and experience solutions. Right, exactly. It's so, so wild. I want to ask you. What are cosmic codes? So you receive cosmic codes and channel cosmic codes. So what is that to you? So to me, cosmic codes, codes are just information. And cosmic just means coming from outside of your human experience. So spiritual codes, things that are downloads coming from your higher self to me to feed to you as the human. That's really what that means to me. So in my healership or my guideship, I'm just tuning in to your field and your body is kind of guiding me along the way. So a lot of the time I'll get messages from a higher aspect of you or from a parallel aspect of you, or even from a helper who's around. Once we have our intention set, the helpers emerge, you know, 
There are so many non-physical beings that hold a consciousness. And when they give me information, I call it a code. And it's cosmic because it's not human. Hmm. And how do you, what does it look like when you receive that or channel that? Just like I said in the beginning of our call, it's it's a sensation. It's being shown a, a texture, um, words typed out in my mind, mm-hmm. um, a, uh, an emotion, a, a, a little short video showing me something. Um, I'm often able to pe- peg the age of a memory that mm-hmm. is playing out in a physical or emotional storage point now. Like you got that when you were nine, that mm-hmm. anger that's right there. That's showing me when you were on that horse, you know, something was happening that where you froze, right? It's really interesting. Yeah. It's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it's all about releasing stored suffering yeah. in a nutshell. Totally. That's how I feel it is. And it feels really gratifying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the empowerment, isn't it? Just remembering what's not you and what is you what is the program removing the virus and coming back to remembering what your innate self is capable of, what your power really looks like. Well, you know, like, yeah, you know, you like to share what our potential is, but that just really means like what, not just your individual potential, but what's the human potential like we haven't yes. even, we haven't even yes. scratched the surface of that yet I know I can't wait just it's I feel like in the next body. 20 I feel like in the next 20 to 30 years we're going to be completely different yeah and I'm I so excited say, for it I used to say things like oh you know I don't want to come back here and do it again but the more I you know that was years ago but now I'm like, oh, I can't wait to come back. Like, what am I going to do next time? You know, like what time will That's we so awesome. then that we'll be able to um, evolve more? Like this is, it yeah, can right. be fun. It doesn't have to be done. Yeah. Be there must fun. be a reason that we keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super exciting. Um, what can you share to empower people at the moment during this time around money. So I know there's a lot of, you know. Let's do it, babe. I'm feeling a download coming through. Okay, let's see here. Being well-resourced. Notice I didn't say adequately resourced. (laughs) Being well-resourced is your birthright. You came here as a child of earth. Her bounty is expansive. And before physical money was fashioned, we had the fruits of the earth in ready and overflowing supply. Tap in to that sense of ease, full deserving, mm. and birth righteousness, really. Yeah. And apply that vibrational frequency to money, and you will feel and see your value of yourself transform. 
you will see your consciousness expand. You will see your sense of worthiness completely come out, get out of the question or get out of the way and like clean itself out. You will see an equalization across your brethren and sistren and your peers. You will hold yourself as holy and sacred. You will value money differently. And you will be equals, you and money and bounty and ease. And you will see the universe parting seas to bring you magic, bonus, surprise, wild, fun, money. Yeah. Raining from crazy places mm -hmm. in the funniest, funky breakneck of ways yeah. just to dazzle and delight you. Yeah. For the joy of it. <laughs> so open to that. It's here for us. What's your experience with that specifically, what you just said? Like, because I know, like, one of my life lessons is to learn and transform what money looks like for me. And I'm still unraveling years mm -hmm. later. You know, there's yeah. just so many layers to it. Well, arguably, so, we never get it done. You yeah. Know, we, we just get happier and happier and bigger and bigger. And that's where I'm at. I'm very happy and I still have goals that are keeping me very excited. Mm -hmm. And what I say is, if you want to take the energetic route, build up your energetic momentum to access what I call the miracle frequency, the frequency of miracles, where crazy, serendipitous, magical things having nothing to do with money are coming your way. Yeah. And money just falls right in line with all of that and follows suit and flies into your world like a butterfly. Really. Magic money. Yeah. You can just get a check in the mail. And yes, there will always be a logical through line for it. Mm -hmm. So your job is to stop worrying mm -hmm. about how you get it and get into the vibrational frequency of receiving. Yes. Receiving receiving, receiving, receiving. And you can ask yourself the most basic of receiving questions in order to, you know, get your energetic field comfortable with receiving and to ask yourself, how comfortable am I, am I with receiving? I believe that you have a very intuitive audience and so do I. So I'm going to ask you to turn on your channel and ask it, how big is my receiver? Mm. How much money can I let in today? And for most of us, we're going to find that it's a, a number that's slightly smaller than what we've been telling ourselves we want. Yeah. And that's okay. Yep. But then ask yourself and ask your guidance, your guidance system, help me expand my catcher's mitt mm. to be able to hold more. Beautiful. And they'll do it. And your vibration, your set point, your baseline day-to-day -day vibration will change and you will see things that are inconsistent or incongruent with that, non-harmonious to that, getting buzzed and irritated. And you'll have choice points to make because your boundaries are totally growing and transforming. This is a humongous process if you want to ask me my, my viewpoints. 
It's not just about focus, 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 money, $50,000, $50,000, $50,000. No, it's like, is my boyfriend able to handle a woman who is ambitious and excited Mm -hmm. and focused and in a state of receiving and in a state of giving and interested in prayer, blah, blah, blah. That's just one tiny little hair facet, right? You'll see it permeating your entire lived existence when you tune into the vibrational frequency alone. And you'll get to see where you're a match and where you're not a match. So I've done this twice. Once recently, and it was the method I just described to you, really taking it quantum. Yes. And just making it my job to build up my energetic frequency as much as I could, which literally meant working less. Yes. Selling, actively selling less, actively selling less, doing fewer chores and dancing more or taking walks in the woods more, speaking to the trees more, making a little extra time to make that really special coffee that I like so much. Thank you. Speaking codes speaking codes into my water, like take that time. Yeah. Take that time. Bring your attention to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we're just, we're just really lazy sometimes. And so I'm telling you all these things, but this is the secret sauce, you guys. Yeah. The secret flipping sauce. And I'm talking about tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trust. Yeah. Real. This is so real. But the first time I did it, and the amount was a little over one mil, Mm -hmm. and it was an Abraham Hicks method that I used, and it was back in 2007 that it started, and it was really just about minding my mood and thinking my way into the better feeling thought, Mm -hmm. paying attention to my emotions, letting my emotions be my guide and my indicator to what I'm doing with my energy. Yeah. And then I got to the point of getting really clear about what I wanted because at first it was really general, not very specific. And it was like, I actually really want a house. Yeah. I'm married. We're going to want kids. We want a house. Guys, I started house shopping, not getting a realtor, not paying money, but literally shopping, not just like, oh, I want that house. Oh, I wish I could have that house. Oh, I really, I can't want that house. That was old me. But then it became, wow, if I really could have that house, would I want it? Yeah. Hmm. You know, and like really scrutinize that. Like that's actually really getting yourself in to the vibrational frequency of house shopping. You're really shopping. Like as you're really scrutinizing it. You're not bargaining. You're not bartering with the universe and like trying to whittle it down and being afraid of asking for too much. You're not bar bargaining. This is a big deal for women. Bargaining's a huge deal. Right? Like I'm gonna ask for less than what I really want. That's what I mean by bargaining. Does that make sense? Oh my Where God. I'm like, oh, I can't ask for 50,000. That's too much. What am I going to do with 50? I'd be happy with five. I'd be really happy with five. Okay, God, no trouble. But yeah. God doesn't care if it's 50 or if it's five. That's what do you want? And in fact, he's more likely to give you the 50 be- when you own it than the five when you don't own it. Yeah, That's the thing. Oh, praise. Right? Yeah, 100%. So that takes <laughs> all so many things, right? Courage bumping up against that edge of am I being too much am I being vain asking for money all the things you know we we associate piety with poverty right we've got so many rules to break so many rules to break so that's my quick quick like let's just start the cascade 
out of any order, not any order in particular, but I feel like that's sufficient to start us all going totally. on that conversation. You know, um, something that I'm mining within myself is not having the belief that because we're in a, and I'll put in inverted commas, crisis, that mm. people won't spend money on your services, which is something that I'm managing myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, and even because yeah. um, I mentioned yeah. to you before that I am not on Instagram and Facebook anymore. And mm. it's just interesting because I've chosen to be on different platforms for the sake of censorship and stuff. That's just my personal choice. Um, I don't care what anyone else does. But being in the play of that, you know, really expressing myself through the blog and the podcast and other platforms, I'm having fun on Twitter now. So just being in the play of things and removing the beliefs that, oh, because you're not on Facebook and Instagram, you can't grow your business. So since I've decided that, people have said to me, oh, but how are you going to, yeah, I'm not sorry. That's not my reality I want to live in. Yeah, don't take it on. You got this. You're doing it your way. It's fascinating to watch collective beliefs come up around how we do this thing because it's really just energy. It's not strategy. (laughs) And if you look at any of the people we would call successful around money, they all have the blinders on. Yeah. They're all an extreme version of their quirky quirks, whatever that is, right? Which should permission us and kind of cue us. The more authentically you you are, the more you stand out, the more magnetic you become, the more electric you become. 100%. And people are drawn to you. I know we don't have a lot of time. Oh my gosh, this has been so good. I'm sorry I have to run. That's all right. Is there one snippet of thing you want to share before we jump off? No, it's that you've got this. It's that you've got this, It really. And we've all got what it takes. And we get to hire the coaches like you or me for the sheer fun of the speed of it. Yes. For the sheer fun of the reinforcement of it. Yeah. You don't need us, Mm -hmm. but you get to have us. Yes. I don't need another million dollars, but I fucking want it. It's going to be awesome. Where can people find you? Like where can um, I am? I am on the gram and it's Amron Bevels MD with an M with a D. And I also um, have a website, amronbevels.com. And I think that's really it. Um, Yeah. You've inspired me so much, sister. This is so beautiful. I just want to thank you for your time today. Oh, you too. And I know we have to do this again and it's going to happen. So thank you so much for your time. Um, I'll yes, put sister. all your information and about your book and everything Beautiful. in the show notes. So thank you so Fabulous, much for your time. Sister. And I've just yes. loved this conversation. It's been amazing. Me too. Have a beautiful day. Me too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>